Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And happy Halloween to all of you Packers fans out there. Happy Halloween, my friend. Thanks, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to skip out of the office a little bit early today. I got a very excited five-year-old that uh, is ready to hit the streets and get some candy that he probably won't end up eating, but... He loves the process. Yeah, and can you spill the beans on the show what his costume is? Uh, do you know what Wild Kratz is? No, I don't. Okay, see, so it's a PBS show. Okay. He's a huge fan of it. They have like, they, they kind of, it's two brothers, and now it's kind of an animated type show now too, and then they can like transform into like animals and things like that. So okay. he's like a, I think it's like a spider monkey kind of thing. So he has like this blue costume and. He's very excited about it. It sounds like it. It sounds like a very <laughs> exciting costume. So it's a little bit um, bigger. Than, like everything's more elaborate these days than when I was a kid. When it was like I'm a fireman, you know. Like <laughs> now it's like oh, I'm this character from a TV show that's very niche. But he's he's pumped about it. Well, I would prefer to spend this show talking about Halloween and sharing all kinds of Halloween stories. But we actually, unfortunately, have another Packers loss to talk about. And it's the fourth one in a row. This one to the Minnesota Vikings at home at Lambeau Field. The final score was 24 to 10. And when you look at how this game unfolded, as we talked about last week, a lot of similarities to previous games in terms of the Packers not being able to get anything going on offense in the first half. And this game in particular happened to then get away from the Packers with that sequence at the beginning of the second half. It's 10-3, to the beginning of the third quarter. The Vikings get the ball first because they had won the toss and deferred. And in a very short amount of time, the Vikings drove the length of the field, got a touchdown, they get an interception, and then they score another touchdown right away. And suddenly, in less than half a quarter, a 10-3 to game becomes a 24-3 to game. The Packers are in uh, catch-up desperation mode and uh, just, uh, once again, didn't get it done, and Green Bay sits at 2-5. and five. Wasn't a lot to say about this one afterwards. I, you obviously had the Insider Inbox column for Monday. I wrote our edition for Tuesday. And the most salient point I think I raised in this entire thing is there have been moments there have been moments all year long for this team and I'm not going to use the y word I'm not going to talk about the youth of it but the one thing is Mike is when you have moments it gives you hope but moments also don't win you 60 minute football games and for the Packers 
it, I almost equated, you know, I'm a big MMA guy. I almost equated to like an MMA UFC boxing type match. I mean, you got your rounds, you got your quarters. And if you're constantly down two rounds on the scorecards, it's going to be very difficult to come back. And unless yeah. you're throwing a knockout blow late, it's, you're going to have a very difficult time being able to pull it off. And, and this was another example of it, Mike. I mean, they've gone now however many first halves now without a touchdown, four or five, whatever it's been. And defensively, you know, they can stop defenses or they can stop offenses. They can hold Minnesota to 62 rushing yards in this one after having some problems defending the run in a few other games. But then in this particular contest, they're completing the third and longs it doesn't balance out and yeah. unfortunately for the Packers it led to their fourth straight loss yeah and you mentioned it it's a it's it's a 60 minute game it's a it's a 17 game season what I raised in Monday morning's inbox is that the the hallmark of successful professional players and the hallmark of a successful professional team as those individuals you know come together collectively is players being able to have a reasonably consistent level of play you are you're a true pro in this game when you can do things consistently when it's not just the flashes and the moments but it's when you can do that time and time again and 60 minutes is a long game and 17 games is a long season you're going to be you're going to be tested you're going to be tried you're going to be forced to reach a certain level of consistency in order to succeed and that's that's what the Packers continue to search for. Um, because ironically, if you have a lot of inconsistencies across the board, your results then become very consistent. And that's why the Packers are on a four game losing streak. Uh, the, the, you know, this one, everybody's, you know, talking about, well, you know, when the Packers go into hurry up mode and all this, it's like they start to move the ball and, you know, you start to get some points and all that. And it's like, yeah, but when the other team is up multiple touchdowns, you know, like they play defense differently. You know, I mean, you can't continue to put yourself in that position, even though the, the Packers had some chances to make it a one score game in the fourth quarter. You got the blocked field goal that gave you good field position. You had a chance there. And then and then when you failed in in the red zone. You get the sack fumble and you get another chance in the red zone to make it a one score game and the offense fails again. But even with all of that, it still comes back to the fact that two and a half quarters into the game, you're down 24 to three and you've done you, you've done nothing on offense to, you know, to to establish anything about who you are. Your only success offensively is in desperation mode. And and Matt LaFleur talked about that. It's like you just you can't you can't live that way week after week and uh and the packers are just still searching to fi find something that they can establish that they can execute successfully consistently something to build on within any given game plan and the way the first halves have gone the game plan is kind of kind of gets tossed out the window at halftime every week yeah i think he said they ran what was it 14 plays for the first four series or something like that and you, know, you could talk about touches you can talk about you know opportunities but if you aren't able to move the ball on your first four series, it's just going to be difficult to, to to be able to spread the ball around, to get Aaron Jones established, to be able to find, you know, what you're looking to achieve. The 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 hardest thing to decipher about this game for me was the penalties because it showed you again, as Matt Lafleur even talked about, if you're not 
consistent if you're not playing well, you're not going to be able to overcome penalties. You know, everything about football is kind of like, uh, you know, two glasses and, and trying to keep the one that you want filled and the one that you don't want, you know, empty. But the more water that you keep that's taken over the other side of the boat, the, the quicker you're going to sink. And for Green Bay, it was 11 penalties, 99 yards. How many of those came in third down situations? How many times the Packers were in third and 10 plus? And conversely, for as well as Green Bay did defend Alexander Madison and did defend well against Cam Akers, Kirk Cousins made some great plays and receivers went along right with him. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Addison is turning out to be a real stud in this league. And, and I had huge questions about Addison. If he was going to be big enough, he proved he can play big enough. I mean, you look at what, you know, KJ Osborne being a complimentary piece, TJ Hawkinson didn't have huge numbers, but it was enough to move the chains. And he was pretty darn effective for the, I don't, I know the Vikings finished like 10 of 18 on third downs, but shoot, I wonder what that number was through the end of the third quarter. Well, that's, that's what I was just going to say when yeah. we talk about the third downs. I mean, what stood out to me, and I think I put this in Monday morning's inbox, although I'll be honest, I wrote, uh, you know, answer those questions on Sunday night in, in a bit of a fog after everything that had happened. But, um, prior to the play on which Kirk Cousins' season unfortunately ended with the, the torn Achilles. Prior to that play, Minnesota was 9 out of 14 on third downs. And not just 9 out of 14, Wes, but six of those nine conversions, they needed either eight or nine yards to convert. Um, and... <laughs> You know, if third downs in general are supposed to be roughly, you know, a 50% proposition, 45, 50%, whatever, whatever you want to put on it, third and eight plus is supposed to be for an offense more like a 30% proposition. Yep. The defense needs to be stopping somewhere between two thirds to three quarters of those. And to allow six conversions of third and eight plus in one game, uh, you know, again, it, it's, it's a, it's a sign of a team that that is inconsistent and can't establish anything because coming into the game the Green Bay Packers defense was ninth in the league in third down percentage yeah and then suddenly you have this day where third and eight plus and Kirk Cousins is tearing you up and all sorts of things happen that that actually go against the profile that that you had built through the first six games defensively so it's a uh, um you know it just feels like as soon as the Packers plug one leak in the boat, another leak springs up somewhere else, and they 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 just continue to they they just continue to chase this, and and uh, they've got to find a way to get out of it. That was the most disheartening piece of it, is because they were ranked ninth, and that was largely with having some issues defending the run. But yet the pass defense, a lot of times, and the pass rush was picking them up in those third down situations, and in this can this can. You know, this case, it, everything just flipped on its axis. And, and that's, again, that's the sign of a 2-5 and five team that's kind of feeling some type of way right now. And I, it, it was difficult because at the same time, I remember talking with Preston Smith about this afterwards and a little bit with Kenny Clark. I mean, the, the Packers didn't give up on themselves. They didn't pull off a, a second quarter rally or a second half rally, excuse me, but they did continue to fight. I mean, they got the back-to-back -back sacks and the block field goal and then the strip sack late. They... There were moments, certainly that, that 14 play drive in the third quarter for the offense, but as I said, it's 60 minutes and you can't yep. play 15 of it. You have to go the full, the full way. Right, and that's the thing. And as much as, as much as the Packers pass rush 
clearly had an impact in the fourth quarter, not only, you know, forcing the field goal that got blocked and then with the backup quarterback in for the Vikings, you get the strip sack and all that. But through the first three quarters, was there much pressure on Kirk Cousins at all? Not really. I mean, the, the pass rush didn't really show up until the fourth quarter. Um, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, all the third and eight pluses were, were being converted. So as you said at the top, the Packers, they – they on both sides of the ball they show they show the flashes you see that it's there but in this league in this league when you can't do it for more than a quarter and a half or two quarters if you can't do it over the bulk of nobody can play a perfect game for 60 minutes or a, you know a high level game for all 60 minutes that's too hard but if you can't play the way you're capable of playing for enough of those 60 minutes you're going to keep taking losses every week and and that's what the that's where the the Packers have to find whatever it is that they can that they can do that they can rely on that they can execute consistently on both sides of the ball and then try to build on that and it's just been uh, it's been a frustrating process to not be able to find it. No, and and you know that was where I kind of felt for Jordan too a little bit because Matt Lafleur talked about it in his post game presser. Certainly, you touched on it as well. Moments Jordan wants to have back, no question about it. He, he talked a lot about his mindset and his mentality out there and the things that he has to do better. But to have a, a pass where he actually reads the defense perfectly and he has the split safety look and he, he, he does fire one in there. It wasn't a perfect pass, but he does fire it in there for Jaden Reed. And then the, the safety collapses and kind of wrestles the ball away from him to be the only interception of the game. Those are the turning point moments in a football game. Yep. And, Absolutely. you know, and again, especially when you've had so much difficulty taking the ball away defensively, you can have no lapses there. And, you know, I think that's going to be the big thing that Jason Vrabel and his and the, the Packers, you know, passing game coaches are going to have to look at this week is you've got a lot of young talent at receiver, but it's also having the strong hands, it's having the body and, and having the physicality to, to come down with those balls. Romeo Dobbs did it a week earlier, and that was a, right. that was a play where potentially could have been a disastrous result if he's not fighting for the football against Patrick Sertan Jr. the way he did. You have to attack the football, and but again, it it goes back to the the full thing when you're not running the ball well and you're not passing the ball particularly well. Some more issues on the offensive line this week. There's just a lot of things to fix, and and the big challenge for Matt Lafleur and his coaching staff this particular week getting ready for the Rams is. Where is the emphasis and what do you look to improve upon? Because you can't fix everything in six or seven days. You have to have a focus and kind of work your way forward from there. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, and you had mentioned you had mentioned earlier the penalties too, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but but going back through the film, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not going to excuse eleven penalties. That's that's way too many, and it's been a problem in other games as well. But if you if you look at this, if you look at just this game in particular, you and I were talking about it in the press box. What ended up being that that 15 yard penalty on Jonathan Owens yeah. along the sideline when the Packers win the challenge because the pass is incomplete, but the Vikings still get 15 yards and and a first down. Like 
I don't know what Jonathan Owens is supposed to do on that. Like he's, he's literally trying to back off. He's trying to lay off and yet he still gets flagged for 15 yards. I took a closer look at Rashawn Gary's roughing the passer. When I first saw it, I thought it was I thought it was the body weight, you know, yeah. landing on the quarterback thing. Then when I got a closer look at it, it's like, yeah, I mean, he hit him. I don't see how you could call that hit late. And Gary actually lands with his knees on the ground. Like he didn't land with his whole body weight on the quarterback. He stopped and his knees hit the ground. And yet they still throw the flag for 15 yards. I'm not sure what Rashawn Gary is supposed to do on that. You go back to the, the very, the play very early in the game when Rashid Walker was flagged for being ineligibly downfield when the Packers had this whole busted play. And obviously lots of guys on offense were not on the same page because it's either supposed to be a running play or the ball comes out right away. Rashid Walker ends up getting flagged illegally downfield, not his fault by any stretch. He's literally standing. He doesn't even have anybody to block or anything to do. He's standing two yards downfield when Love throws the pass up along the sideline and he gets flagged for, you know, ineligible man downfield has absolutely zero to do with what's going on. But that's a penalty that results from everybody else on offense not being on the same page and a complete breakdown. So, again, I'm not excusing 11 penalties, but when you look at what happened in this particular game, there's a there are a lot of them that are just that are absolute head scratchers that you just you, you just kind of go like what is going on out there and and why why do these continue to pile up against Green Bay? Yeah, there there was no nuance with Sean Hockley's crew uh, with how they called this game. Now again, as Malifaux will be the first one to tell you, you have to play better to not allow those moments to affect the outcome of a game exactly 100 percent. that's 100 percent true but that being said it it came back to a lot of the things that i've had an issue with the national football league in the last 10 years the jonathan owens thing and the the rashawn gary thing are actually very similar if you actually go back and look at them if you watch them in real time don't slow it down just watch it in real time both times the defensive player is kind of being shielded from what he's seeing on the play by another defensive player Jonathan Owens is the second safety involved on that play down the right. sideline. Right. Rudy Ford, I believe it was, was directly in front of him. Yes. He's just trying to stop the play. And as it turns out, dude, if he could have actually seen Jordan Addison putting his head down on that play, I believe it was Addison, he's going to be able to pull off. He doesn't see that, though. All he sees is the 20 jersey in front of him. Bang, bang, play, 15 yards. As I joked about on Twitter or X or whatever – the the one thing that that challenge, in addition to actually overturning the catch, which again it was a, just an amazing play by the referees to just get everything correct on that play, uh, considering they they incorrectly said that that was a reception. But what was funny the most about it is New York and them. They both got a good look at that play again, and there's nothing you can do. You can't overturn a penalty. But like yeah. it was just a ridiculous call. It was. It was. It was, then, a, it was. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then watch the Gary. You can watch the TV copy. You don't even need to watch like the the the, the football copy that all 22 film. Watch the TV copy of the Gary hit. Watch it at full speed. 
and you tell me exactly what Rashawn Gary's supposed to do when his job description is to attack the quarterback, to get after the quarterback. Yeah. Bang, bang, play. Kingsley and Igbari? Yes, I was, I was just going to say, this, is, this discussion is, is essentially about not all penalties, even ones with the same name, are created equal. Yep. Because what Kingsley and Igbari did was absolutely roughing the passer and absolutely a lack of discipline. And that is absolutely the type of penalty the Packers have to eliminate from their game. The other roughing the passer on Rashawn Gary, I don't know what he's supposed to do. I could have swore that that was Clay Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was, and gay, hey, it was the Vikings and it was Kirk Cousins at Lambeau Field. At number like, 52. You know, was, uh, you know, week two of 2018 all yeah. over again. Um, all right, well, we'll move on to a couple of other topics. I'll take care of some sponsor business here first. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousins Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, Mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin subs, 50 years of better. Um, big news on Monday, Rashawn Gary, we've already been talking about him. Um, Rashawn Gary is going to be a Green Bay Packer for quite some time. He signs a multi-year contract extension. He was playing this year on the rookie first-round pick fifth-year option. And uh, we sort of knew this was how it was going to go, that as soon as Rashawn Gary showed that he was back from the ACL and back to his old self and the arrow of his career was still pointing up, the Packers are going to get this done and not let Rashawn Gary reach free agency. It's the same, the exact same approach they took with Elton Jenkins last year. Um, this one just happened to uh, the, the contract extension happened to come earlier in the season, whereas with Jenkins, it was more around Christmas time. But uh, congratulations to Gary. Um, as Matt LaFleur said, you love to see guys who put in the work and go about it the right way and have the approach that Gary has and a guy who is so well liked by his teammates and for what he brings to the field, to the locker room and everything else to get rewarded for everything that he puts in. And, uh, and hopefully, um, you know, as I said, for Sean Gary's arrow is continuing to point up with regards to his career, the Packers defense is going to benefit from that for years to come. Quintessential Packers move, uh, taking care of one of their own and doing it with uh, a little bit of time left on his contract to help you spread out that signing bonus. And let's be honest, Mike, this deal probably gets done last December if, if Rashawn doesn't tear his ACL. That's the only question. Ab absolutely. That, and, and, and for all we know, there was something in the works, yeah. you know, because these things don't happen overnight. Um, there may have been something in the works last year before Gary's injury, and then when something like that happens, you know, it all it all gets put on but hold. He was on such a tear at the beginning of last season, and then for him to come back, his second game really back, uh, and well, technically I guess it would be the third, but first at Lambeau, uh, the three-sack game against New Orleans, and just the, every single week he's taken steps, and, you know, 46 uh, season high 46 snaps this past weekend against Minnesota both Kenny Clark and Preston both gave him credit too I mean the stats maybe didn't show up as much but he was effective and, and contributed on both of their individual sacks just the type of game record Green Bay needs up front in the trenches and a guy that they can move around and be versatile with and the biggest piece of all as you said Michael still only 25 years old I mean so much still ahead of him in terms of his game and his development and trying to become as he even said in the locker room on Monday 
you know, the man he's becoming, the players he's becoming, the belief that Green Bay has shown in him, and ultimately, you know, trying to prove to them that, hey, you guys made a huge investment in me in 2019. You're doing it again in 2023, and I want to be that all-pro, pro-bowl-type pass rusher that you can lean on for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, um, he's a big part. He's a big part of what the Packers are uh, are doing defensively, and uh, he's you know I mean the fact that he wears number fifty two is kind of fitting because uh, because this does feel a lot like when uh, you know when the Packers got Clay Matthews in the fold long term and and uh, and he was you know he's a centerpiece type of defensive player that you build your process you build your scheme around you build your game plans around what you think Rashawn Gary can do out on the field on a weekly basis, and that's where the Packers' defense is headed. I'm going to say this, too, just to interrupt you. Uh, yeah. It was cool him talking. He talked for about eight minutes at his locker on Monday. Already all business. He probably said the word Rams more than any other word yeah. during the presser. Yeah. Uh, very much focused on that. But he did get – I'm not going to say he cried. He didn't cry. But you could tell the emotions kind of pouring through him a little bit, at least kind of going through him, talking about his mom and his sister being alongside him when he did sign that contract right before the game. Uh, two ladies that have been with him since the beginning, as he said, since seventh grade when he started football to, to now and been on that journey with him. And to, to be able, you can just see how proud he was of that because it has been. It, it, for a lot of people, NFL is a, is a, is a life-changing opportunity, but you can tell more than just money the amount of pride that that he felt being able to become the man and player that you know his mom thought he could be and, and that he's tried to prove that he can be for her at, at this point in his life yeah and to do that also coming back from uh, from such a devastating yeah. injury a year ago um actually just i guess uh 51 weeks ago like right around right around there if my uh if my math is correct. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A couple other things I want to hit on just with regard to other results around the league. We do like to talk about kind of what else is out there. And um, I'm not sure I'm not sure what you thought, Wes, but I but um, when I saw kind of what was happening in week eight with some of the results, what uh, what I kept coming back to mentally is we're seeing we're seeing some good teams and teams that a lot of people believed would be good teams and playoff contenders and all that um, showing their mettle a little bit in terms yeah. of bouncing back from some rough spots. You know, the Detroit Lions, you know, they got it handed to them by the Baltimore Ravens, but then they come back their first home Monday night football game in however many years at, at, at Ford Field, and they get a victory. The Cincinnati Bengals were scuffling along, um, you know, Joe Burrow wasn't entirely healthy with the calf injury and, and the Bengals had these issues and they get a big, you know, two touchdown win over the San Francisco 49ers on the road. A couple weeks ago, the Dallas Cowboys got smacked around by the 49ers 
and uh, and now they've come back and you know they put a um, they put a pounding on the uh, the L.A. Rams who will be coming into Lambeau Field this week. I think you know the score was like 33 to three or something like yeah. that before uh, before the Rams really found anything offensively. So that's kind of what I've been that's kind of what I've been seeing. And I think the next team to show now they have a bye this week with the three straight losses, but the next team to show, okay, are you gonna bounce back from the adversity is the 49ers who have now gone from five and zero to five and three. Yeah. Um, you know, their quarterback has uh, you know was, you know, brought back on six days from concussion protocol. A lot of people questioning that. The Niners didn't play that well against uh against the Bengals. I think that's uh that's the next one to watch and and uh and the Kansas City Chiefs, they go into Denver, you know, I mean, streaks are always going to end. I mean, they had beaten the Denver Broncos 16 consecutive times, one of their division rivals. They go into Denver on a snowy Sunday and uh and somehow Patrick Mahomes and company they only scored nine points, and they had almost that many turnovers. I think they had five or six or whatever yeah. it was. You know, just goes to show that when you don't protect the football, you start turning it over. Anybody can uh, anybody can beat you. So uh, so the Chiefs have some adversity to uh, to respond to now as well. Tons of respect for Patrick Mahomes going out there and toughing it out. Probably shouldn't have just played in that game. Probably should have just called that one a night and given you know Blaine Gabbard an opportunity there. I'd, just didn't seem like himself. And Denver, man, I told you two weeks ago, I mean, not that I'm some kind of soothsayer, but I mean, like, when we were talking about going into the Packer game, I thought Denver did a lot of good things, especially defensively against Kansas City. And it seemed like they made the corrections they needed to make. And, I mean, 114 passing yards and three touchdowns for Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah, not the biggest stat line you're ever going to see, but when you're efficient and when you commit yourself to the run the way that they did, they controlled the game, and then they ultimately protected the ball better and were able to succeed. Detroit was a real gut check, I felt like. Because, yeah, I mean, Vegas is just in shambles right now. I feel terrible for what's happening with Devontae there. but Yeah, I think we all do. But, I mean, they, they, made, they made adjustments. And Jameer Gibbs, I thought, well, not thought, he did have the best game of his career so far and showed, hey, I can be an every down back if you need me to be. Yeah, you, you, feel, like, you feel like that guy is maybe just starting to get going. And, and uh, you know, I mean, they're going to get David Montgomery back and then suddenly the Lions are going to have this two-headed monster in the backfield and uh, to give of, uh, their offensive coordinator Ben Johnson all sorts of options but it's for me it's all about Aaron Glenn in that defense because that is the one area we've seen Ben Johnson make some good play calls we've seen their offense do some good things Jamal Williams had 38 rushing touchdowns last year but <laughs> defensively the last 11 months man I keep saying it but I mean they're a different team and yeah. I think a lot of it is with that young pass rusher of theirs and doing the thriller dance and everything with his background but they, they just they Vegas just could not do anything against them. Yeah. Josh Jacobs has been neutralized. Devontae's been neutralized. Brutal. Yeah. Um, one other one other thought I wanted to ask you, and I don't want to get into a whole discussion because it's a discussion for another day. It's about how the Giants the whole... almost won with eight passing yards. I, I well, actually, I was <laughs> I was thinking about bringing that up, but I know uh, I know we're kind of uh, we're kind of pushing our limits time wise. Yeah. Here. I was going to ask you, did you see? Did you see the touchdown that the Eagles scored out of the tush push formation? I don't think I did. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They just they just made that play that much harder to defend because they lined up in a short yardage with the two guys behind Jalen Hurts looking like they're going to do the the whole tush push thing and then and one of the guys behind Hurts was DeAndre Swift 
And Hertz took the snap, spun around, handed it off to him, and he just turned the corner and was gone. Touchdown. I mean, now what do you now what do you do? Like how do you how in the world do you defend the Eagles on short yardage when they can do that and they're also successful with the tush push thing like eighty nine and a half percent of the time or or whatever. I mean, um the Eagle the Eagles are seven and one and my personal opinion i know they've got some they've got some issues to sort out defensively but uh but it feels to me like the eagles maybe are just starting to hit their stride yeah for sure and it's funny to me that you know jason kelsey there were these questions about hey was he going to call it quits after the super bowl i mean that guy's playing as good of football as he's ever played right now and he is the catalyst to that play he probably Um, loves that play more than anybody else you know it's probably fun for him it's like a little sumo wrestler (laughs) just kind of pushing people around but Uh, the, the other thing I will mention is Nick Sirianni and the adjustments you have to make in this league. And unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see that play, but it, it just it reminds me of you can't fall into patterns. I, I think that's one of the things that I, I've said this on some of the other things I've done this week. You know, Brian Flores impressed me about what the Vikings did on Sunday. They're blitzing more than any other team in the National Football League. So, all right, we're going to put nine guys up on the line of scrimmage and we're going to drop eight. I mean, like, yeah. they, it's the adjustments you make off of what you're showing on film and, and when you decide to turn that switch. And certainly the, the, the Eagles have been on the cutting edge of it and, and they've continued to sort of dominate this thing. Yeah, well, there are some really good games on the schedule in the NFL in week nine, and we'll talk about those on our next show as we preview Packers and Rams, which will be at Lambeau Field on Sunday at noon. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team all week long. We have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.